Oh my goodness. What a morning. Did you guys did you guys see what just happened? Apple dropped a bomb on us. Apple just dropped 2018 MacBook Pros. It's kind of juicy, kind of not, depending on what side of the coin you're on. Brian Tong here. Welcome to the Apple Bits XL. I had a show recorded, and then I woke up this morning around 6 a.m., and I said, what? I thought it was someone had leaked something because it was no one put – I just looked on Twitter. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So there you go. The big headline today, Apple has released 2018 MacBook Pros all new, all everything. And we sing to that. Oh my goodness. I don't know. I love I love new hardware and the shows had been already planned out. Everything was planned out, but it's a it's you know, Apple wants to mix it up on us. So let me give you the breakdown. They re- released the 2018 new MacBook Pros with the Touch Bar. So the Touch Bar will still be there. They feature and they can be configured up to a 6-core 8th generation Intel Core processor. So let's talk about the 15-inch first cuz this is really the beefiest of the two that will get a six core Intel core i7 or i9 processor. You can finally configure this computer with up to 32 gigs of DDR4 memory, 32 gigs of RAM. Finally, on the MacBook Pro, another reason to celebrate. I mean, this is this this is gonna be this is a pros pro computer. It's finally great to see that beef. You have Radeon Pro Discrete Graphics. You can obviously configure that as well. Also on the 15-inch, up to 4 terabytes of solid-state drive storage. You'll get the new True Tone display technology. Apple has an updated T2 chip, which uh, dealt with its touch bar. They didn't showcase, They haven't really showcased if we really get any new bells and whistles from it. Maybe it just runs faster. But again, I even if it runs faster, I'm not a fan of the touch bar. I don't really care about the touch bar. That's why I still have a 2015 MacBook Pro. If we jump over to the 13-inch, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, the highlights, it features a quad-core Intel Core i5 and i7 processors, depending on how you set it up. Intel Plus, Iris Plus integrated graphics, up to 2 terabytes of solid-state drive storage, the same True Tone display, the new updated Apple T2 chip, and the Touch Bar. So we have improvements here across the board. In Apple's press release, they said that the 15-inch model could configured properly could get up to 70% faster performance and on the quad core 13 inch model up to two times faster performance right doing great things manipulating data multi-track audio projects processing film uh, image processing or film editing this is what they're all about now price wise at least the base and entry level point the 13 inch macbook starts the new 13 inch macbook pro starts at $17.99. The new 15-inch MacBook Pro starts at $23.99. But let's just have some fun here. I'm on the actual purchase page, uh, and I'm going to go for, let's talk about the beefiest 15-inch MacBook Pro model that you could get today. Well, let's see. If you want to get the, I'm going to start off with the $27.99 model. That's So What I'm just going to go down this list. Let's beef it up to the highest 2.9 gigahertz, 6-core HN processor. Let's give it 32 gigs of DDR4 memory. So that actually, that alone bumps the price up 400 bucks. Solid-state storage, 
comes with 512 gigs for this kind of upper model. Let's go with four terabytes, which is an additional $3,200, giving us a total retail price for the high-end new MacBook Pro 15-inch of $6,699. It's a beast. I am not denying it's a beast, and you're going to pay for it. So new MacBook Pro models here today just came out fresh out of the oven. I think it's exciting for people that have been waiting for new Pro, but people have been wondering, oh, are they going to make maybe offer a touch bar solution? Nah. They're moving they're they're all in on this touch bar, unfortunately. They're not going to turn back no matter how much I yell and scream and cry about it. But new MacBook Pros are here. There's always kind of some fallout when you bring out a new product. Apple has decided to stop selling the 2015 MacBook Pro. That is the one that I have. The lineup is now limited to the Thunderbolt 3 models, but the 2015 MacBook Pro has been taken off. That had all the different ports, Thunderbolt 2, USB ports. They were USB-A ports. HDMI, SD card reader, all physically on the actual laptop. Uh, an update, though, is that they, even though they're discontinuum, the 2015 MacBook Pros are still available on clearance. They look like brand new units, unopened, not refurbished. Uh, I don't know if this link here that I'm looking at has the actual price for them. They start, here we go, they start at $19.99 for a quad-core 2.2 gigahertz model. Uh, so you can go check that out. Just go to the clearance section of store.apple.com and you'll find all that out. And in addition to this, it's back to school season. So Apple has launched new, a new 2018 back to school promo. It's free beats with a select iMac, Mac, or iPad Pro models. They've done this before. It's a limited time. You have to be both either in higher education or faculty and staff at higher education and K through 12. You'll receive free or discounted pairs of Beats headphones depending on which model you get and then depending on how it's paired with either a Mac or an iPad Pro. Apple's offering either a Beats X, Solo 3 Wireless, Power Beats 3 Wireless, which I love working out with for the record. Uh, there are no AirPods that are part of this. This is just specific to Beats and you can get them free or you can pay a little more for higher end models with the purchase of any new MacBook, MacBook Pro, MacBook Air, iMac, iMac Pro, I'm waiting for the new iMac Pro, personally. Mac Pro and uh, the Mac Mini is excluded, but that hasn't been updated for three and a half years anyways. Apple's offering also Beats uh, X or Power Beats 3 Wireless with the purchase of any new 10.5-inch or 12.9-inch iPad Pro. You do have the option to pay $100 more or equivalent to get an extra, to kind of upgrade for solo three wireless headphones. So um, there's, there's a few other things. This is... A variety of participating countries are part of this, but a new back-to-school promo also right after the launch of the MacBook Pros. Now, the lead story that I thought I was going to lead with was this one from Ming-Chi Kuo. He put out a report talking about the new hardware. We've talked about how, look, the fall season, the second half of the year, is going to be loaded with so much hardware. It's going to be insane Apple has loaded it that way for the holiday season. The new MacBook Pros clearly dropping today is just the start. I, I don't know how you all feel about this. We are incredibly excited. I know you are, Tim. What, what else do you think about those Absolutely MacBook Pros? Absolutely breathtaking. Really? Okay, fine. Well, Ming-Chi Kuo had reported how 
Apple was pretty much going to upgrade their entire line. We already know about the iPhones. We've talked about it ad nauseum, iPad Pros. But a cool nugget, Quo says, a processor upgrade is expected for the Mac Mini. The Mac Mini is going to see a rebirth in 2018, according to Ming-Chi Quo. I told you it hasn't been updated for like somewhere around three and a half years. They don't know if it's going to be a redesigned body or not, but at least some kind of refresh is on the horizon for the Mac Mini. And I can't tell you how many Mac Mini people right now are dancing in circles. Okay, maybe maybe one of you. Maybe, maybe one of you is really getting excited about that. But I love the idea that we already know new MacBook Pros just dropped. Apple still hasn't released anything in the form of a new MacBook, right? The ultra-thin, ultra-slim. Ming-Chi Kuo does believe, though, that Apple will release a new low-priced notebook. Currently, the lowest-priced notebook from Apple is the MacBook Air. I believe it starts at $999, but it is kind of a more dated design. And Kuo says that Apple will is looking to replace that with some sort of a new 12-inch MacBook We'll see if it's thicker or if they just take the super ultra, ultra thin line and kind of readapt it. But I'm curious, what will be the entry-level MacBook? I think there's a lot of people where a new, at least redesigned, entry-level MacBook at $999 would be more than enough for what they need. So we'll wait and see. Obviously, lots of rumors and pointing to new Apple Watch with the same screen form factor, but the actual screen internally being stretched out to the edges, bringing a larger size visual screen. I'm excited about that personally. I, I'm i a big Apple Watch person once they dropped a Series 3. So I think that's that might be one of the most, that might be one of the products I'm most excited about actually. iPad Pro, Apple Watch Series 4, the top two. And for those of you that listen to the show, if, you listen, if you're a Patreon member, you can get access to kind of some exclusive content for our gold apples who support the show for $25 a month and higher. We got some goodies for them, but we did a show with uh, Gil Cabrera, one of our listeners, uh, a secret, I guess you could say our secret bonus gold apple show. So you could check that out. All right, let's just take a breather because we're talking about Patreon. And I just want to say thank you again so much for supporting me. You're allowing me to do this. We are still building up to get to that final $3,000 mark so that I can do this for the rest of eternity for you. So if you want to support the show or you've listened and you haven't, check it out. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong. You can start as low as $1 a month. It's a monthly monthly sponsorship. $5 a month is basically like a cup of coffee for you to get a minimum of four audio podcasts and then all the video content that I'm doing and I throw in some bonus stuff as well. You can jump to 10, 25, or the Platinum Apple level of 100. But again, I'm so grateful for it all. So thank you. Check it out, patreon.com slash Brian Tong. All right, some other news. Yeah, we got iPhone news. So we know there's going to be three models coming out and there's the 5.8, which is the standard OLED one that we have right now, but an upgraded version. There's this one in the middle that will be the 6.1-inch LCD-based iPhone and a 6.5-inch OLED screen iPhone. Those are the three models we're expecting to see this year. Well, a new report from Digitimes is talking about how Apple is going to manage the LCD screen for the middle 6.1-inch. So OLEDs have this ability to really stretch the screen far out to the sides you know, to get as little of a bezel as possible. We need to be honest and let's be real. There's a lot of other phones that have thinner bezels or almost non-existent bezels compared to Apple's 
current iPhone 10. But it was curious, how are they going to do this with the LCD? Well, what Apple has done is they've had an agreement with a Japanese chip supplier called Nichia. They're based, obviously, in Japan. And what they do is they have this chip that allows this edges or the bezels of an LCD screen to be a whole lot smaller using their zero point. So this is, let me break this down. Sorry, I'm all over the place. Typically, you have a 0.4T LED chip and that allows the bezels on the edges or the bottom to be roughly four to 4.5 millimeters. Well, Nichia has their own 0.3T LED chip that aids in this L- on the LCD screens and it can reduce that size of bezel to basically half, which is two to two and a half millimeters, really at least enhancing an LCD screen's competitiveness and ability to be closer to an OLED quote-unquote bezel-free screen. So Apple is going to use this technology to help aid their 6.1-inch LCD-based iPhone to resemble or closely match the two OLED models, but it will be an LCD screen for that middle model. We've heard a lot of reports that people expect that one to be the top seller. It is likely going to be potentially the least expensive of the three. Rumors have been floating around that it'll be a $700 phone. We'll we'll wait and see. I mean, that's not cheap, but it's not a thousand bucks. So that's, that's what's happening there. I also saw this week another product dropped, but it wasn't from Apple. And uh, you know, I'm a fan of the Surface product. I have always wished Apple would bring us a freaking hybrid tablet keyboard device, and that's not the iPad Pro, that you could really do native apps. So Microsoft dropped their Surface Go this week. It's their 10-inch model Surface product starting at $399. You really have to beef it up to, to get it some more oomph. But clearly, they're trying to compete with the iPad Pro 9.7-inch, 10.5-inch model. These are really different devices, though. I Just because the iPad has a flip-out keyboard, just because the Surface does, they're not actually similar at all. Bottom line, right? You have a mouse with a cursor and a trackpad, and you can do you can literally run full native Photoshop on a Surface product, and you can't on an iPad. Now, iPad does have Infinity Photo, which Affinity, sorry, Affinity Photo, which is an amazing app. But it just makes me jealous when I see these videos of the Surface products, and I'm like, all Apple has to do is make their own version of that. That's all they have to do, and I would be the first in line to get that. I love the iPad Pro because it's as close as I can get. I'm not going to jump over and get a Surface. I'm in the ecosystem, but I've used Surface products. The Surface Pro, uh, 3, Surface Pro 3 was the last one that I really got to spend tons of time with, and it's an amazing product. It's just legit, and whether you like Windows or not, I think that from an innovative standpoint and an innovation standpoint where we we tend to feel that Apple isn't really innovating. Look at what they did with the new MacBook Pros. That's not innovation. That's just like an upgrade. And the touch bar is not, uh, the touch bar is a step back, my friends. So I think it's always important to celebrate when other companies are doing great things if you love tech. Because sometimes when you're in this Apple bubble, you don't realize the amazing things that companies are doing. For example, I've got a lot of people that still are like, Siri's good enough. I'm telling you, Siri is so bad when you just try Amazon's product, when you try Google's product, I'm not going to say the buzzwords. 
So this is really cool. Sonos has finally added AirPlay 2 support to their latest speakers. And this is a huge deal for Sonos. Sonos has never supported AirPlay in general, right? This enables people to just go on their phone and throw their music content from an iPhone, from an iPad to their Sonos setup. Sonos, you can put your speakers in different rooms, you know, name the rooms, choose them, throw them out and toss them. The cool thing is that the recent Sonos product, the Sonos One, has that magic word, the A-Lex-A, just translate it for me, from Amazon, built into it. Well, now with this new update, Sonos gets AirPlay 2, so that's multi-room from your iPhone, but also Siri control. So you can now talk to a Sonos like you talk to your phone, like you talk to your iPad, like you talk to your HomePod. And Sonos's ecosystem literally supports every single audio app you can think of. It supports Apple Music natively. It, it's just one self-contained app. It supports your music library, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, every, every music service, Stitcher podcast uh, apps, everything you can think of, Sonos supports. So if you haven't even looked at Sonos and are like, ah, whatever, there is no compelling reason right now today for anyone to say, other than you're just so deep into the Apple ecosystem, to get a Sonos right now. You can get two Sonos speakers for $199 with Amazon's Alexa, Siri Control, AirPlay 2, and support... See, it, it literally just that mine. And support for every single music service. It's, it's com- it is freaking compelling right now. And the HomePod... I got, you know, I loved its booming bass initially. Then they kind of tweaked it and tuned it down, and it kind of feels like it doesn't have as much oomph as it did before. iOS 11.4.1 just came out. It's not like they're bringing back that bass, or maybe they should. They need to give us that that booming bass option again. But the the HomePod is hurting right now, and Siri is hurting as well for it. So Apple's real that product now is like in the back burner. But I'm gonna be honest with you and admit to you that I actually ended up repurchasing one in hopes that software updates would maybe change my mind. Or I literally, although I returned my HomePod less than a week after I got it, I just got a new one. And the reason why, the only reason why is because Best Buy had like a 91 or $100 refurbished discount on a HomePods. It, the, it was a just a quick online thing. They went like that real quick and so I got it but now that I used it I don't have Apple Music set up anymore right now because you know I'm going skinny with my with my subscription services at the moment I there I look at it, I'm like dude I don't even need there's I'm just gonna return it again I'm gonna send it back I, it's I was hoping maybe I have wanted to have it to review it and just see oh maybe there's some new cool things it's it hurts I look at it and I'm just like shaking my head I mean I don't have kids yet but it would be like I'm just shaking my head like that's the that kid disappoints me every time. The HomePod disappoints. It just and I'm not gonna poop on you guys who have it. If you have an Apple Music subscription and a HomePod, sounds great. I think you're that person. But it's three forty nine for that, and Sonos is one ninety nine for two of them. I need to get off on this Sonos tip because I'm just kind of going into rant world. Okay, we got voicemails. We love voicemails. So. 
some of them are really relevant. As time goes on, some of them got older, so I can't include everything, but continue to please keep on calling. I forgot to even tease at the beginning of the show. 833-888-ABXL. That's how you call. 833-888-2295. Name where you're from, your comments, your questions. Call in. We had something around like 15 calls this week. It's crazy. I love you guys. All right, let's get to the first call here. Hey, Brian. Uh, this is Miro calling from New York City. So I'm glad to see that your uh, your new format is getting off to a great start. You have a lot of support and a lot of love out there for what you do. So this is my question. I was wondering um, if you think that with the next um, MacBook Pro upgrade that's predicted to be coming uh, within the next six months or so. Oh, you mean that one just dropped today? Do you think that Apple will finally <laughs> admit that the touch bar was a failed gimmick or experiment and will either do away with it uh, or offer a 15-inch MacBook Pro without a touch bar? Yeah, Miro. So they clearly dropped a surprise on us. We all thought it would be coming later this year, but there was no 15-inch MacBook Pro option with a physical keyboard for that top bar row. None whatsoever. You can still get it for a 13-inch. There are configurations, uh, but it's not like that they're the new ones. They're still offering a configuration. Let me just check this real quick if I can. 13-inch models still have, uh, the last time I checked, there are physical keyboard versions for... 13-inch MacBook Pros, but they're they're dual-core processors. They're earlier models. They're not... They start at $1299 and $1499, but if you want any of the new good stuff, the new processing power, the new, uh, you know, the True Tone screen, Retina display with True Tone on a MacBook Pro, you got to get a touch bar. So, nope, they're moving forward with this. They're all in on the MacBook Pro. And it was a surprise, for sure. All right, we also had um, some other people calling about the MacBook Pro, Daniel wants to wants to get a little advice, so just just bear with him and bear with us, and we'll we'll get through this one. Hey Brian, my name is Daniel. I'm a longtime listener from Ecuador in South America. I really love your show. I listen to you every single week. You're like the best source for Apple. Keep up the great work. Um, one question: um, I've been trying to buy a MacBook for a long time now. I actually have an old ten year old, believe it or not, a ten year old PC. A laptop actually that's been working it's been working but i've been wanting to buy a macbook for a long time um i don't know which one you would recommend i'm the kind of consumer that's not that much into video editing or photos or nothing i'm just a casual consumer but i do like my my games once in a while so i don't know if a macbook or a macbook air would be enough for me um i also like to watch videos on that stuff or do you recommend i go with the low with the low cost, lower end MacBook Pro. What do you recommend? You're the expert. Thanks for everything. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ecuador represent. I gotta love the international flavor that we bring. So Daniel, it doesn't sound like you're a power user and it doesn't sound like you really want the large real screen real estate. So my hunch for you would possibly be and I don't know what level of games you play, but I would wait to see what the new just whatever this new entry-level MacBook looks like because you're going to get a bump in performance. If you can wait a few months or whenever they release it on us because they surprise us with new MacBook Pros, I would probably target that entry-level MacBook or 
the current ultra-thin 12-inch MacBook, it doesn't sound like you need a lot of processing power. And it doesn't sound like you're asking for a bigger screen. So wait on that. Again, the new Touch Bar 13-inch MacBook Pros start at $1,799. It doesn't sound like you need a machine with that much juice, but wait it out. Wait it out and just see what happens. But I would probably lean towards that right now if I were you. All right, Blair's calling in, wants to talk about the betas. Hey, Brian, this is Blair in West Hollywood, California. My main question is, you say do not upgrade to the betas because they are not stable. But the uh, current operating system isn't stable. It keeps crashing, doesn't do what it's supposed to do. So what's the difference? Okay, just wondered what your thoughts were. Blair. Blair is the man. So, Blair, this is, you are right. I love this, like, little dig. Like, 11.4 isn't stable. Level 11.4.1 was just released to potentially fix some bugs. It also um, potentially is going to resolve a lot of the battery drain issues that people have been complaining about in 11.4. But the reason why I say don't download betas on your primary phone is the biggest reason is a lot of your apps, maybe specific apps that you watch, end up not being compatible. So what do I mean by that? Uh, for the longest time, I used Slingbox where it allows me to watch TV uh, remotely. And when I got a few betas twice, it killed all functionality for that. And I now, because I'm doing everything on my iPad, my phone, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing these days because I'm working, you know, all this technology is now my business. If it's something doesn't work, like a major app, there's a there's an app that I use that is like a soundboard app that I use in this, right? So, you know, if I, I feel like throwing something at you, I'm just like, yes! yes! I, can, I can do it. I can do it right from this app and just hit it. But there's a chance that that app breaks and doesn't work if I'm running a beta. So that's why. There, even, even major mainstream apps that you use, it could be even a Facebook or Twitter, it may not work with the new beta. So, that's why I say don't install a beta on your primary device. Just don't do it unless you really don't care and you just want to play with the newest stuff. All right. Here we go. Another call. This one I thought was important. I wanted to shine some light on it. Hey, Brian. Steve from Milwaukee. Wanted to make a copy, a comment about the Apple TV. Um, as a person with low vision, I think that... Uh, what Apple's done with the Apple TV is terrific, as they have generally done with uh, accessibility on iOS as well. Uh, the, the problem we have here is uh, anybody who has difficulty with vision is that a lot of the app developers don't really make the apps themselves accessible. Apple has chosen uh, to provide the tools to make it so, but they don't actually enforce it. And uh, even apps like Hulu, are only partially uh, uh, voiceover accessible on the uh, on on the Apple TV and not voiceover accessible at all on iOS. So I want to put this out there to encourage app developers developers to use those tools and uh, help people out. Thanks a lot. Love your show. Bye. Hey Steve, thank you so much for calling in. I think that. You know, the more I've done these shows and the the fact that I, I love that we have this back and forth one-on-one communication, a lot of people, I, I feel like at least once a month or so, I get calls regarding some certain level of accessibility. So I just wanted to shine the light because if there's developers listening, 
I know it may not be your top priority out of the gates, but if you're able to over time be considerate of this and then incorporate that, there's the, there is this new movement because look at how technology has opened up so many opportunities for people with disabilities, you know, vi- vision, hearing, uh, more than just that, but they're able to do things they've never done before because of technology. And if we can at least cater to them in in ways while developing these apps, and again, it doesn't have to be out of the gates, but let's get there. The more you know, the more people we include, the better. So thanks for that, Steve. Really appreciate that call. And finally, James. James, let, let's hear it from you, boy. Hey, Brian, this is James from Los Angeles, and I wanted to comment on the air power, Matt. I think the reason why it's taking so long is because it's overheating. They're having three devices on there at once, and you know how hot the Apple Watch can get when you're charging, and the phone can get when you put it on a wireless charging pad. I think it's really hot, and they haven't figured out how to cool it down. And I also wanted to comment on the screen time feature I believe this feature is not for the consumer. I think this feature is for Apple. They want to know how often we're using our phone. They want to know exactly what apps we're on, how much time we're spending on them, and they knew they couldn't hide code. They knew that someone would find it, and so they wrapped it and presented it like it was a feature for the consumers. So I wanted to hear your thoughts about that. And, yeah, okay, thank you. James, the conspiracy theorist. Theorist. Oh my gosh. Uh, is Apple doing it for themselves? I don't know. I mean, <coughs> I'm choking up on this. Apple, quite honestly, could see some of this stuff before they even put out the app, but I just love where you're going for that. Never trust the system. Never trust the man. Never do it. Um, but but I, think, I think it's a funny comment. And um, yeah. I don't think they're doing it, though. I don't think they're doing it. And as for the air power, Matt, we've heard and read that heating is one of the issues so or keeping it cool. So I think you've got a great point because how hot do our devices get a bunch of times? It They get hot. So three on a, three on a platter like that, we'll see. I, I am, though, because of now thinking about the technology involved, just throwing on different devices on it, I'm actually really excited to see the final product. So I hope they get it done. I hope it works the way that we expect it to. It's just one of those things where it's the simplest thing to just throw a device on a mat, but if it works, charges three, detects three, and you can put it in any spot on that mat for the most part, at least the meaty part of it. Oh, that's going to be real nice. All right. Thanks so much. You know what? This is going to be a wrap up for this show, but again, you can call in, be a part of it. 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-ABXL. We also got to show love to my Platinum Apples, patreon.com slash Tong. They are sponsoring the show at $100 per month, and I am so freaking grateful. But I'm grateful for all of you who also listen. Even if you can't contribute financially, give it a five-star rating on iTunes. Share it with your friends that you know love Apple. That's the best way that you can help me out as well. And I just appreciate all the support and all the uh, you know words of encouragement because we're going to do the damn thing. That, that's how we do. So Brandon Ledford, Terrence McKelvey from Stratos Wealth Partners, Gil Cabrera, Andy Halverson, Wesley Frader, Michael Bullock, and Craig Hindall, your Platinum Apples. Thank you so much and thank you to everyone. That's going to do it for this week. We'll be back in another week and we'll see if Apple drops another surprise on us. But there you have it, 2018 new MacBook Pros. They're here. Woo! 
We'll go check him out. All right, take care. Be safe. Peace.